Hello, welcome back. This is episode three of the Woodpecker Cavity Cam on Zooniverse. Uh, on the last one, we talked about the methods. Uh, this time, I'm going to just hop straight in because the findings uh, are pretty cool uh, of all the options that you were given uh, to do with this. So, major findings were, uh, of course... They put these cameras up in places where you knew they were going to find woodpeckers because that's what they were wanting to study and see. The main thing was if anything moved in there or if how, how bad was the competition for these woodpeckers, for these um, cavities in trees. Um, as far as if you wanted to run a specific test, it's really up to you. I mean... You, you could do a bunch of different things with this because this is just a broad overview of like what they're trying to learn and just data that they're trying to collect. So you can interpret it in any way you imagine or want. Um, probably the one I would be most interested in would probably be a, a chai square of uh, if certain trees made better holes and uh, if they lasted longer. Like if, if that... Uh, that woodpecker would return back to that hole uh, year after year more often than uh, like let's say an oak for example let's say maybe they only go back to it every two years whereas a poplar that has a, uh, a cavity in it they would go back to it every every year of their life uh, I would like to see that I'd like to know that data I think that's Mainly what they're trying to figure out is just learn more about these birds because there's probably not been a whole lot of uh, investigation into them. You know, it's just, oh, it's a woodpecker. It's pecking on wood. It's what it does. You know, it's not uncommon to see these around trees and just, you know, assume, oh, they probably have one nest and go back to it over and over again. Or they're like a normal bird and build their nest every year. But, uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, just how, how often they stay at the same niche, uh, with a tree or if they have a preference of tree. Um, another way you could even do it is, you know, any pattern. Um, I'm trying to think of another one right now because I mean, there's just so many and I don't, I don't want it to be the same as a chai square. Um, if you wanted to get more into it, you could compare uh, the red-headed woodpecker to maybe the um, other species of woodpecker and do a T-table. Uh, and if you do a T-test that way, you could see, you know, if they were in competition for that tree, if a different height was what they were after. You could narrow down your search of this very broad category um, using these different tests. And it, it would just be really cool to see. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how this continues. And as more people give data and the more time this goes on, the more years that it has under its belt, just the more it's going to improve. Uh, kind of like a fine wine, you know, it's just as, the longer it goes, the better it gets. It's going to truly improve and help the overall information and feedback of what these birds do 
how they do it, you know, how they evolved this way even after they figure out, you know, these heights or specific trees that they like going to, you know, because everything's changed throughout history. You know, something didn't just wake up one day and it was like, oh, I'm going to do this. You know, it, it had to, you know, grown that way, uh, slow or fast. I mean, things can adapt quick, but it should it'd just be interesting to see. Uh, but the overall findings were uh, that redheaded woodpeckers more commonly than not did take up these cavities in trees and nest and... Sometimes would even be, I mean, in competition with each other for these. As you could see, two males that were fighting over the hole for, I guess, either uh, dominant rights to that land area and the, you know, mating and nesting that came along with it. And I think that more commonly than not, that it was the woodpecker itself that was... uh, pretty dominant in this niche that you know there wasn't a whole lot of other things that were trying to take up nest in it if the woodpecker wanted it it got it because it's what it relied on uh other birds wouldn't want to pick the fight and they would just go on and choose a different nesting area and they you know other birds tend to be able to do that you know nest on their own uh unlike the woodpeckers that choose to nest within something and I'm truly interested in maybe coming back to this in a year or so, or maybe even in a semester, and seeing how much the data and the findings have changed and what all we have learned from uh, this, you know, Zooniverse. I mean, it's crazy to think that you could get all this scientific information from everybody around the world who's also interested in woodpeckers all on this one organization and i can't wait to see what comes up next and find out what does make these uh beautiful animals tick and continue to want to nest in a tree but the most important thing is is that you know they analyze and collect the data refine it down uh i mean and there's so many different types of tests even i mean get people involved make them start also doing the tests uh as to make it go a little faster and just improve it and then once they get on a roll they can do it for the year and the next year after but uh in conclusion i would have to say that the biggest thing was was the just variable numbers of woodpeckers that live in these holes and I mean the competition for them I mean it's just something that you wouldn't expect one little hole in a tree can be so important to a species and it is and it's just it's just great to see that somebody's actually taking the time to care and take this information down and put it towards learning about these birds and just making sure that they're not uh, in any sort of danger because of the uniqueness of their homes. Hey, this is the final episode of my Red-Headed Woodpecker Project. 
And I would just like to thank you, Professor Neff, for getting us on uh, Zooniverse and also letting us have a good semester. And I hope that you have a good uh, good break, the little short one that we get. And just thank you for getting us involved.